The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. And Father Corey Stiga. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks. Folks, quick note, just from the StarQuest Network, you might want to check out another show that we do, which is called Raising the Bets. And that's a show that I do with my wife, Melanie, where we talk about family stuff, raising our kids, the bets, get the joke. We talk about food, we talk about books and movies, and we usually talk about the gospel reading for the most recent Sunday Mass. This week's episode, we talked a lot about apple season. No, not the one that we're going to talk about today, like real apples. We we went apple picking and we uh, made some interesting recipes and that sort of thing. So check it out. You can get it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash bets. And that's spelled B-E-T-T-S. Okay, so we're talking uh, today about tech. And I want to start out with a little bit of listener feedback from our most recent episode where we talked about buying your own cable modem. And I had Jack and Thomas were here and they were helping me with this. And uh, we got an email from Tom Grellinger who says, uh, before Time Warner Cable was acquired by Charter and rebranded as Spectrum, they had started charging rent for the cable modem. So I naturally bought my own. What was interesting is that I was still subscribed to their home phone service, so I still needed the same device to continue providing phone service. Talk about a backward system. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we didn't mention, I should add, uh, was if these bundle services where you have phone, uh, internet, and uh, TV, and having to kind of deal with that with the, the cable modems. Uh, so Tom continues, when I did buy my own, I did buy a surfboard modem, which was Doxis 3.0 compatible, and I was receiving a 100-10 tier, which 100 down, 10 up. And his says mm-hmm. speed tests were over 115 megabits per second download. So it's possible to get faster than 64 megabits per second on a Doxis 3.0, but I would highly discourage anyone from buying a 3.0 modem today. And that's what we said, that... Uh, Go for the 3.1. After the Spectrum rebrand, I had to update from a TWC, uh, Time Warner Charter, uh, Time Warner Cable legacy plan to a new Spectrum plan. My wife insists on having NFL Red Zone. Good for her. And as part of that, Mm. the price went down and the speeds went up to 200 slash 10. My 3.0 modem would not access those speeds. Spectrum does not charge for the modem. It's included in this this case. So I did replace it with one of their 3.1 modems and we've seen download speeds around 210 to 215 most of the time. Uh, and he said, I wanted to share those thoughts as not everyone charges for rentals, and a 3.0 modem will likely continue to work for those on 100 megabit per second download plans. So, good point. If if your cable company is not charging you for the modem, then there's not a whole lot of reason to upgrade, I guess. Yeah, and that's, mm. I mean, I had DSL, not cable, but that I bought the the modem when I first moved here to Cascade, because I figured in a year I'd have it paid off. If, if you go by the rental and that point, mm-hmm. one way or the other, I was going to have internet for more than a year here. So, right. You know, that was our little that I know. Yeah. Starlink was the future, but still it's just like, <laughs> right. you know, cause it, there were something like, 
10 bucks a month or something like that. And it was, it was, it was almost 20 bucks a month or $200 for the modem. It's like, gee, let's do the quick math here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> those were a couple of important points we brought up last time was the modem rental fees can be expensive. 20 bucks is on the high end from what we had talked about, but that was, so it makes even more sense to buy your own. And, yep. you know, the modems are about, you know, you can get a decent, 3.1 modem for half of that. So, uh, yeah, exactly. totally makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I have a, an Orbi system so mm-hmm. I can get a modem router. Yes. But right. I've been very careful because I'm on Verizon Fios and I've heard kind of different stories about, yeah, you need, you really, you should keep them separate or no, you should go ahead and, and get the one that will do all. So I'm still investigating that. But by yeah. the time I finish, I'll have to buy a new Orbi because I'll need to upgrade the system. So maybe I'll just get, <laughs> right. I'll wait till then. We did talk about whether you should get a com- a combo or two separate. And uh, you know, we were seeing that it might make sense to get the two separate because when you have to upgrade one, that way you're not having to upgrade the whole, mm-hmm. everything at once. Right. And that sort of thing. So, and, and it's usually cheaper the modem is usually cheaper when it's just the modem, and if your and if your Wi-Fi right. works, then that you know already. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Excellent. Well, thank you, Tom, for your feedback. We love getting feedback from listeners with either questions or additional information uh, or suggestions of topics. So uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. You can send your feedback to technology at sqpn.com. All right, so our big segment today, our big discussion today, will cover. We're going to talk about Apple's big event on uh, as we record this on the yesterday uh, this week, and it's their fall phone event. It's the thing they do every year. It's become the the standard. Um, California streaming. I I, I got to be honest. As someone not from California, I I I kind of found the whole rah rah California thing a little tedious but you know whatever <laughs> i have well i have relatives who've lived in california for years and and they embrace the whole entire culture and i just go okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's like texas <laughs> or new york you know they do yeah. the same thing yeah well it is an interesting choice though because this is something that's not just national but international and in a lot of places california doesn't have a great reputation <laughs> i mean it's beautiful true. it's got it's got beautiful it's got great you know great things to see and do and everything but politically at least it really doesn't have a great reputation so it's kind right. of an interesting choice especially on the day that they were voting to recall their governor <laughs> yeah, right right yeah, literally the same day but also <laughs> about great timing yeah but also yeah. culturally you know because hollywood is there and there's 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 some uh, pushback on the you know hollywood attitudes and that sort of things and celebrity mindsets and that sort of stuff so yeah it is interesting how much they hype the california aspect uh that's mm-hmm. been a big part of them for the past Five years, like before that, it wasn't a big deal. But especially when they started doing all their uh, operating system code names, you know, with California places, they've really embraced this California identity, which is uh, mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. Anyway, that's not the big the, the thing we're here for, though. We're, we're here to talk about the tech and uh, yeah. let's talk about the you know what they introduced and start right off the bat with the big the big ones, which is the iPhone 13. Uh, it's not a 12S. So apparently they've they're moving away from the. 12, you know, number and then number S on off years. But essentially, from my point of view, this kind of was a 12S. It's a, mm. these are minor updates. They're, these are not big changes that they've made to the phones. What do you think? Yeah, but the casing is a little different. So that's usually why we have the S. Usually the casing is the same. This right. casing is a little bit different. They and made that, them a little bigger. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's why I think it's a 13 rather than an S. That's a good point. That's a good point. The, the cases will be different and certain accessories. Yeah. I, immediately, I'm kind of surprised they haven't gone over to, you know, just iPhone 2021. Yeah. Mm, that, yeah. Just it get because because eventually, you're, you know, if they keep this up, we're not that far away from the iPhone 20, the iPhone 25, the iPhone 30. Mm. And I can't well, see Apple doing that because, you know, they, they've rebadged Mac OS so that they're no longer, you know, it's, it's no longer OS X 11 or OS 11 mm. or whatever. You know, they don't like having big numbers like that. I, I think the reason that they haven't gone to a year like a, like cars is they continue to sell old models. In, mm-hmm. in you know for years afterward and if it's 2021 does anyone really want to buy the iphone 2017 you know what i mean that's yeah. that's i think that's part of why they haven't changed it but they you're right they're gonna have to figure out something with you know iphone 32 i mean is that mm. really what they're gonna do or are we just gonna go to like names which would make it even more confusing oh Wait. please did, you know, did Joshua Tree come before the uh, cactus? I, oh, no, uh, no. So, <laughs> since they're using state parks for Mac OS, maybe they'll, uh, I don't know, maybe they'll use uh, landmarks like the, the tower building in Los Angeles, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, I, no. I, I, can't keep the, I can't keep the Mac operating system straight yeah. between all the yeah. Sierras and the mountain lions. Right. Forget it. <laughs> did Coit Tower come before the Hollywood sign? I can never remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about the phones. The uh, I the, so there's still an iPhone 13 Mini. So uh, that's that was a big deal. A lot of people wanted the, those smaller phones, and so that's still there. There's the iPhone 13 regular or nothing or whatever you want to call it. Uh, then we have the Pro and the Pro Max, and b- same basic design. Like they didn't change the rounding or the straight edges and that sort of things. We have some new colors. No more green, uh, for example. Aww. But uh, we have uh, Starlight, whatever the heck that is. I think it's like a yellow gold thing. Uh, Sierra Blue, which I kind of like. I don't, I'm don't. i not really a baby blue kind of guy, but the Sierra Blue is mm. not really baby blue. It's just a lighter blue. I kind of like it. Um, the notch is a little smaller. It's still there, just 20% smaller, which is not all that big. Um, the... The phone is a the the screen sizes are still five point four and six point one. It's about the same size, about the same size. You mentioned that there was different, a little different, but it's a little bit bigger battery inside. They said, uh, so a little bit longer battery life. New mm. the new A fifteen chip, which of course I don't know why they say bionic. Like there's not like an A fifteen non bionic, so I'm not sure why. They <laughs> that's true. You know, Jamie Summers is in there, or uh, you know, Steve Austin is in there. But uh, that's yeah, oh. I was gonna say it's part of the buildup of the new six million dollar man. <laughs> deep cut, folks. Yeah, deep really. cut. Uh, one thing I thought was really interesting is they brought the optical image stabilization from the Pro Max throughout the line now. Like all the phones have mm-hmm. it, and that's. That's a big deal because that's one of the things I really liked in the iPhone Pro Max 11 was that optical image stabilization, which is really good for low light and for when you're in, you know, a vehicle or something that's not as stable. You get a better, you know, better photos, more stable photo. And now it's in all the phones. So that's good. And the same prices, $699 to, to, for the mini, $799 to start for the regular. And no more 64 gig phones. Now it's $128, which... Hallelujah. <laughs> because to, from my point of view, 128 is the minimum these days. Like I, I yeah. wouldn't go for a smaller phone anyway. So um, and then all of the phones have this new cinematic mode, which is I don't know. It's I mean, it's it's a nice thing. It, it's not enough <laughs> to make me run out and buy a phone. And that's kind of the thing. So so just talking about the 
that's the mini and the regular. And then the Pro and the Pro Max, well, they really pushed the pho- pro photographer, pro videographer aspects of mm-hmm. it. Um, the the only difference I can find between the Pro and the Pro Max, and I went through the the, the tech list, the only difference now is the size. Pro Max is 6.7 inches screen versus 6.1 inch screen, and thus a bigger battery. But everything else mm-hmm. about the Pro and the Pro Max is exactly the same. Uh, so what do y'all think of the new phones? Meh. <laughs> yeah. I think that's been a common reaction. Like, yeah, well, that's well, nice. <laughs> and I'm looking at it. No, the, the first thing I do is I have an 11. So it's my year to say, do I want to keep it another year and not have to pay anything on this phone? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to, you know, go ahead and, and jump for a new one? So I go into Apple and I say, OK, let's put your phone in, put your color in, put your and 128, by the way, I have a 64. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've only used 70 percent of it. Okay, you're very different from me. <laughs> I am very different. Well, you have kids and I don't. Yeah, I take so, a lot of video and all that sort exactly. of stuff. Exactly. Right. And then when you go to the carrier, now this could be interesting to some people. If you are a T-Mobile customer, they've got some weird combo going on right now where you can get up to $700 in credit after your trade-in. But if you read it real carefully, you have to change your service plan to yeah. Magenta Max. I have 55 plus right. and mm. thank you. That works for me. It's a, it's a, a good <laughs> $70 a month for two phones. Yeah. They're making it up uh, the, the, the credit they're giving to you. They're mm-hmm. making that up in this, in the new plan. Right. Exactly. So all in all, when I put my phone in, I get $340 back on the, on the old phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at, okay, four four sixty for a new phone right. if I feel like buying it. That's what people should do before they oh, do yeah. anything. Look mm-hmm. at your situation and see. I'm looking at from the situation I'm looking at now for the features that I'm getting or not getting, I'm sitting here going, I could go one more year. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. my phone drops in price. So I have to be really careful. I try to spend, you know, about between thirty and forty dollars a month on a new phone if I'm doing the two year plan. Right. Right. So that's how I look at it. But I don't see anything that's like making me rush to buy it. So I have a 11 Pro Max. And I love the big phone, but I'm looking. Yeah, I just love all that screen real estate. Now, the, mm. this the new Pro Max is bigger. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. that might be bigger than I actually really want. I am. I'm not, a, <laughs> you know, I don't have big hands. And even that, you know, is kind of can be tricky. And I'm thinking if the only difference you know, the, the thing that drove me to the Pro Max from the Pro and the 11 was it had actual features that were, you, you know, unique to it over the Pro. But if the only difference is the size and a bigger battery, I may go with the, the, the Pro this time. And I, mm. and I did what you, what you did. I, I looked at the upgrade and uh, I, I went with the looking at the Apple trade in. And so mm-hmm. went with them and uh, I could trade it in. I have an Apple card. And I can do the uh, 0% financing, the whole thing yeah. over two years with Same 3% here. back. And, you know, I get I can get 500 bucks for my iPhone Pro Max 11. Oh, that's know, good. Good diddy. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, you know, that's reason- a reasonable price compared to what I, you know, uh, other than. Um, so I'm thinking I may actually go for the, the 13 Pro this time. And there are features that actually showed up in the 12 
plus mm-hmm. whatever you get this year, that makes me say, I kind of like that. I, I like the MagSafe. Uh, you know, I want to mm. I want to replace the uh, the holders in my car with MagSafe holders because my wife has a has a mm-hmm. 12 mini. So I'm like, mm. so then, then we could just replace all those MagSafe holders and, you know, the, all the, the car holders and some other things like that. I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, I, I think I might go for it this time, but I'm not going to go for the Pro Max. Father Corey, from a Google Pixel owner's perspective, what do you think of the new phones? You know, I, I, I guess we were talking before, and I'm, I'm with Joanne, man. You yeah. know, and and, and, and <laughs> you know, part of it is I don't see any, again. You know, I've said I've said this every time we've talked about uh, these events. I there's anymore now. The two operating systems are so similar. It's more about what you're familiar with. It's more mm. about what you're invested in. Yeah. You know, you guys have put money into apps oh, and yeah. devices. Like oh, you're talking about yeah. the MagSafe adapter and stuff like that. And I've put money into the Android in infrastructure. And, and of course, with my phone's a USB-C plug. So as far as charging is concerned, it's not a big deal. But, but as far as apps and stuff like that, I've spent money on it. And mm-hmm. continue to spend money on it. And so that's, you know, as, as far as, you know, is there anything here that tell, says to me, you need to jump over? Well, I'm not a videographer. Right. I take pictures once in a while. Uh, it was funny. We we're talking about uh, memory space. I do it. This is a 128 uh, gig uh, Pixel 4. It's a two-year-old phone now. And it's half full. So, yeah, 64 wouldn't work for me because it'd be full. Right. But um, it's just, it's just, I don't see anything here. And, and I'll be honest, it's not just Apple. It's another thing we talked about oh. before is it's the tech world as a whole. It, it's, it's Apple, it's the Android devices. I mean, Samsung is doing some interesting things with their folding phones, mm-hmm. although I don't know how long, you know, how, how reliable those are going to be over long term. But the devices are all pretty much the same. And they're, they're just, you know, a little bit faster, a little better battery, a little better camera, a little bit faster, a little better battery, a little bit better camera, you know, and, yeah. and same thing with PCs or whatever. So it, it's, it's interesting is we're, we're very much in a period of stagnation over the last couple of years mm-hmm. with yeah. a lot of these technologies. And so, like I said, I don't really see anything that just jumps out at me. Wow. Some of the colors are cool, but I always buy black phones anyway. So <laughs> I was just going to say and see if I do anything this year, it would be an upgrade to a pro. Because yeah. I have a regular iPhone 11, and I'm seeing a couple of things in the Pro. But again, I use my iPad a heck of a lot more. My iPhone is my communication device. Right. My mm-hmm. iPad is a work device because I like the bigger screen. So that's the reason. My phone is my phone. If I right. could get a smaller, I can't see on a smaller phone. This is about as small as I can get. Yeah. So <laughs> it's old eyes, you right, know? Right, right. Yeah. When I was saying before is, you know, one of the reasons that we didn't maybe one of the reasons we didn't see a lot of innovation uh, this year is because of COVID and all the you know, Apple has been saying we need to get everybody back in the office to, in mm-hmm. order to, to really work as well yeah. as we do. And maybe that's Apple's culture. Is they really do need to be in the office in mm-hmm. order to get, you know, the the really good designs. I don't know. But you're right, Father Corey. There has been a, you know, stagnation. Uh, the tech industry might say maturity. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, where where we but we've had a plateau, and the next there's a next big thing that they need to hit that they haven't we haven't got there yet. And these folding phones and these new right. shapes and designs, those might be it, and maybe that's where we're coming. And the funny thing is, is Samsung and Google and some of these other and Motorola, they do all of their thinking in public. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. we're going to put out this phone that 
you know, only the highest tech adopters are going to be able to afford to buy, and it's going to be a piece of junk anyway. And but we're we're trying, right? See, look what we're doing. Yep. Apple. I'm sure Apple has folding phones in their labs. They're. they're I'm sure they have these some some amazing designs that they're trying to get that can work and can be mm-hmm. mass produced. Mm. But they're not showing us. And who knows how long it's going to take to to make those actually work, or if they ever will. I mean, that's the thing is is they don't think in public. <laughs> Put it that way. And and I'm just not sure that Apple is ready for a foldable phone at this point, because if it's going to be a foldable phone, then it's going to be something that is, you know, up to their standards. So I don't think not, if, if ever, let's be honest, yeah. if ever, I if mean, yeah, I mean I this, this could, this could just it. be a fad. I, I, you know, I, I still said I said this years ago and I still think it that the, the future of our phones is not going to be a candy bar brick sitting in our pockets yeah it's going to be something like watch with headset or something like that right you know it's going to be basically bluetooth whatever version seven or whatever on a watch with a earbud and that's going to be your phone and glasses you're not going to be using (laughs) yeah yeah, and glasses especially for those of us who wear glasses right you know (laughs) but it's just it's not going to be constantly having this device that you're holding in your hand it's going to be wearable yeah i would love to have and i do have a cellular watch so I would love to have that as my phone and be done with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of technology advancing, the, some people were surprised that the iPhones still have a lightning connector. Uh, why isn't it USB-C? Mm-hmm. You know, as we'll talk about in a second, the iPad mini now has a USB-C mm-hmm. connector. You know, the iPads are going there. Why is still lightning? And I was saying in our, our Slack channel uh, about this, the problem, it's a twofold problem. It's an installed base and technology mm-hmm. roadmap. And what I say about that mm-hmm. is, is USB-C is today technology. Uh, why switch to today technology when Apple is probably planning tomorrow technology? I mean, this it's been widely speculated that they want to get rid of the uh, of an open port altogether and make the machine, you know, much more impervious, impervious to water and sand and all that other stuff. So that that future tech is probably not too distant. And and keeping in mind, Apple doesn't change its connectors very often. It's been what thirteen years, and they've had two different t- kinds of connectors. Yeah. And so, I have I think they're going to go with something in the future will be something like the smart connector on the iPad, so a, a contact connector, mm. and then mm-hmm. you charge via Qi, you know, the conductive MagSafe coils, that sort of thing. And so, why change now? Create all mm. of that. Remember when we switched from the thirty pin to the Lightning, and everyone went, "Oh, all of my dock connectors and all of my." cables yeah <laughs> why do that now and then do it again in just a couple of years if they've got if that's what they're planning so that's my th- thought is whereas and and people upgrade their iphones much more often whereas an ipad you buy today it makes sense to put USB-C in it because it'll be you're not going to buy another ipad for another four or five years because that's how people don't yeah. buy their ipads very often Replace or longer them. yeah <laughs> or longer. Most people. unless you're me uh, yeah i was gonna say most people some of us are different yes <laughs> we recognize that I think you're, I think you're probably right that they will eventually try to get get away from any kind of connector whatsoever. Um, I, I do I think it's kind of funny though is you know the the issues of like the the MagSafe connectors on you know the MacBook Pros are ideal for this kind of setup because they yeah. are a sealed thing. You just have the four four little pins that's that are flush to the case, and they got rid of those on the well. MacBook Pros. If, right. if rumors are to be believed, they're coming back. We should, in fact, we may see them as soon as uh, October. As if again, if rumors are which, to be believed, uh, which so. doesn't surprise me because it's such a, it, I mean, such oh, an yeah. easy, simple. 
even USB-C, which is double-sided, somehow you end up trying to put it in the wrong way. <laughs> well, <And> USB-C <laughs> can go either way. Somehow it still doesn't fit right the first time. But the, but the fear is, because I had MagSafe for a long time, now when I have the US, USB-C and I, anybody goes near the cord, it's like, get away! I had that happen. Want it happen. I had a child yeah. run out of my office and and his foot caught the cable and the uh, it bent. The the, the cable yep. had bent. Ooh. I now have and it was just a pick of the week a while ago. Is a is a third party MagSafe, which one one end goes into the USB port, right. USB C port, and the other end is a the USB cable goes into it, and it's a magnetic connector between them. So anybody comes along, it just pops right off. Unfortunately, because it's not Apple, it's not quite as good and it pops off on its own a little <laughs> too easily so I, I want the magazine back and talking about connectors for one second I don't know why Apple has gone to 0.5 inches or meters and two meters where's the ones anymore for cable <laughs> yes yeah I have been mm. like are you kidding me so it's either the little short guy or the too long guy that I don't need all yeah. the time I don't buy Apple so, cables anyway. I usually buy Anchor or a third-party braided. I just yeah, I, there you go. I just I I I've gone through so many cables. I just want a solid, durable cable. It, it immediately, that's the big advantage of USB-C, which yeah, I know it's it's current tech, but it's current tech that has a long future. Yeah. I mean, it's it's right. not USB-C is just barely still kind of barely rolling out more or less. But um, in the other you know other comment about the. The induction charging, the key charge, however you pronounce it, <laughs> QI charging. No, yeah. QI, whoever. But um, it it can be finicky. Yes, my phone mm. supports it, but I really never had good luck with. I even I have a nice, good sized pad, and I've really never had good luck about getting the phone centered just right on it. That's the nice thing about the MagSafe is it magnetically pulls it to where it needs to be, kind of like with the watch, right. the Apple Watch. So, yep. uh, uh, and I'm going to have a, a a pick later on that's connect that's related to that, connected to that, so to speak. Uh, so, but it's, but so yeah. I mean, at least you know with the magnets, they can they can center it much better. Yeah, because that is a real concern with these these induction chargers. You slap it on there before you go to bed, and if it doesn't center right, your phone doesn't charge. Can't tell you how often I wake up in the morning and my phone is down to very little charge. Yes, I yep. I, I, I I'm there with you on that. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, I've had. I've had my phone discharge. Right. Mm-hmm. Turn and off. I'm, yeah. 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 And I don't like, oh, and my watch sometimes if you don't get it on there just right. Oh, that's been happening to me more and more lately. And I'm, I'm annoyed by that. I have a, I have a little base that, that it slides into with the cable and it looks like a little uh, old original Mac. Mm-hmm. And it, for some reason, the last, uh, you know, in the last few months, every once in a while, I put my watch on it and it tells me it's not, I'm not charged. Charge me. I'm like, Oh, you were on there all night. Yeah, it's yeah, that is annoying. So that yeah, that that the induction charging can be a hassle. And so anyway, let's move on to the other stuff that they announced. Uh, the let's talk about the uh, the iPhone eight inch. Oh, I'm sorry, the iPad Mini. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, if that thing had a cell phone in it, it would be the be ideal. It has. They have five G now, so it's it's really interesting. Anyway, uh, so they they. Introduced new versions of the iPad Nothing and the iPad Mini. iPad Nothing is pretty much the same thing as uh, before. It's just upgraded, you know, uh, upgraded chip, upgraded cameras, still the same form factor. It's got still got a home button, still uses the first gen Apple Pencil. This is the iPad you give to your kids or your grandma. Um, it is the it is a great and that's not to sell it short. It is a great base level mm. computing device. 
that is suitable for a lot of people. And so uh, at a three twenty nine, that's a that's a pretty good deal. Well, it's funny though. We were talking earlier about you know with the, our phones, one uh, sixty four gig not being enough, and yet the base model, the ten two, is sixty four gig, which is a which is twice what it was before, which was thirty two. <laughs> but, but yeah, but you would think with a you would want more storage on a device like an iPad. Because you are, can use it for more yeah. than you might with your phone. I have a feeling they've done some, you know, research into what gets loaded on these, how much yes. space. You know, I'm, I'm sure they know how much space gets used on on them on average, and it's probably pretty low on these low end iPads. That's my guess. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking they're schools. Yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. times, so they're being monitored as to what they can have on it, what they can't have on it, and right. then again, if you're using iCloud. As your mm-hmm. as your dumping ground for files, then you really don't need a lot more on there. Yes, yeah. But the mini is the one that got the big upgrade. I mean, the mini mm-hmm. looks like a small iPad Pro now, so it's got that shape and you know that squared off and you know squared off round round rects they call them on the corners. <laughs> um, smaller bezels, no home button, Touch ID on the sleep wake button, just like the new uh, uh, iPad Air. No Face ID, which is interesting. Um, the uh, screen is is a little larger, but um, I think it's an 8.3 inch screen, but the yeah. same overall size. So they made the bezel smaller um, with a, a 5G cellular option and 500 bucks. Uh, I, I I know a lot of people for for whom the iPad mini is a great, you know, mm-hmm. either like bag or pocket. I'm on the go sort mm-hmm. of device. I mean, in the presentation, they made a big deal about doctors and uh, pilots and that those sort of people on the go using that. Yeah, I think that I have a friend who swears by this form size. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be pleased as punch that she's got a really wonderful upgrade now. I, I don't know about, see, I still have a problem with FaceTime on an iPad because I think it's awkward. On a phone, it's one thing. Yeah. Especially when you're driving. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> no, you need to open it up for, you know, some reason. But you mean Face ID iP- on an iPad, right, right. Yeah, Face, face ID, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on an iPad, I'm not so sure. I, I like being able to, because I always put my thumb yes. on the camera. Right. No matter mm. where, you know, how I do it, it's always there. See, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, would, I would like that. You know, again, I've got a six-year-old iPad Air 2 or whatever it is. I can't even remember the exact model. I've had it so long. But... And I would like that because I use my iPad for giving my homilies. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing there at the altar. So I've got to pull that, you know, I pull the iPad out and then I got to turn it on, do the thumb ID. Oh, that didn't work. So now I got to punch in the code. It'd be nice if I could just, you know, turn, you know, hit the button to turn it on as I pull it out and look at it. And yeah. It logs in like my phone does. That would be, that would be such a great feature for me. And right? maybe because then by the time work. I've got the, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> then by the time I have the iPad set down, it's already on and ready to go. Right. That's the thing is, yeah, I had the same problem as Joanne did with my iPad because I always hold my iPad in in landscape mode. I mean, that's that's, it, that's how the keyboard goes on yep. it. Uh, but they've, they've set up the camera as if you're always going to use it in portrait mode. Right. Now, with a phone, you always naturally hold it in portrait mode. Portrait I mean, that's, mode. Just, that's just yeah. the natural way of holding to to open it. So, and I, and yeah. I, I found I found with the iPad, my iPad, I do hold it in portrait mode, too. That's the thing. Mm, I always do. Right. Very rarely do I turn it landscape. My husband has the Air, the iPad Air, and the touch on the start button really does work well. 
So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it missing the bit, you know, you don't need the home button. It, it really works on that. So, okay. but then again, folks who work outside or with their hands a lot, who get calluses or mm-hmm. cracks yep. in their fingers, that's tough for, for the touch ID. Right. And no, yep. no matter where you have it, that's right. really because my husband works in the garden. So. Or in the winter when you're wearing gloves, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, that's, that's, that was a big thing with the phones, why I like mm-hmm. face ID on the phones and why it was such a hassle when we were wearing masks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I love the unlock with the watch on that. So, uh, yes, I do like I do like face ID on my phone where I'm driving down the road. and I can kind of go to the look yes. over real quick. And yes. then <laughs> yeah. show me the map. Show me the map. So and then the other the other big announcement was the the new Apple Watch Series 7. It did not have all like a lot of the rumors about the new form factor and all this sort of stuff. All that was wrong. Uh, it's, it, cycling features, uh, uh, you know, um, that's nice for people. I mean, they, they still are doubling down on the health and fitness stuff like that. So there's new cycling features, a 20 percent bigger screen area with the same basic size design, which is nice. Um Bigger interface buttons, which is good. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I try to hit that button to stop the timer and <laughs> keep missing. And mm-hmm. a full keyboard, like a, a flick keyboard on the watch. I don't try to send messages on my phone, but maybe if there's a small, tiny keyboard there that might work. I don't know. I... Uh, no. <laughs> that might be <laughs> no. for someone with less sausage fingers than I have. <laughs> and, I, and I have large fingers as well. So yeah. what I if I have to write anything quickly, I use that little sketch thing. It works fine for me. Or I, or I you know, talk to it and it, you yeah. know, dictate to it and it's fine. But the thing with the watch, the only reason I, you know, this would be my year to upgrade watch too. And I'm looking at it going, there's no reason. The, yeah, the one face that goes all the way around is the only thing I'm interested in. Now, nah, forget it. Yeah. I'll yeah. Wait. I mean, I, if you if you have anything later than a, a series, what, four, I think four yeah, was five, they, five. Yeah. When they when they um when they increased the size of the screen the last mm-hmm. time um, and added some other features like the the uh, the always on face that. That one was the one to if if you have anything mm-hmm. older than that upgrade. And in fact, they're still selling the the series three. Don't buy the series three. No, <laughs> just it's not worth it. It is not. It is not. You're gonna be you're gonna be disappointed with it. So yeah, my Get friend that. has my three, my yeah. old three. And before she she goes to Italy to live, I'm trying to convince her to get a new one now. Right. So mm, nice. need to get the six. She needs the fall fall detection. The fall yeah. detection as well as yeah. the um, EEG. So no new yeah no new uh, health sensors if they get a glucose oh. monitor on it I'm I'm buying whatever whatever one they come out with that has a glucose monitor on it I'm buying that one. <laughs> That's it. So the only other thing that got announced not at the event but afterward was that the uh, uh, the OS upgrades are coming out on Monday September twentieth so that'll be interested. Uh, the the phones you can order uh, starting the twenty fourth uh, no I'm sorry the the seventeenth to for delivery on the 24th ipads are available to order now and the watch they just said later this fall so who knows when that'll even be anyways mm-hmm. oh and i will say one thing and i don't know if I, I i'm reading this correctly on my on my ipad because i had the beta mm-hmm. today i got as we were recording this i got ios 15 not beta oh mm. it's the actual ios 15 so it must have come out early for the beta adopters. Mm, okay. Maybe because of the upgrade we just did. It could be a gold master too. Um, that it could it didn't yeah. say it, but yeah. But it also could be because we all just did our phones because and of the other security devices. Update. Yep, that's yeah, why but, I'm wondering. 
Maybe the iPad did didn't have uh, an, a, a, a 14.8 update, I noticed. I, the phones did, but the mm. iPads didn't. So maybe that's what it is. Interesting. Mm. Um, and so other things that did not get mentioned, AirPods are no new AirPods. Um, no Macs were mentioned at all, which weren't expected. Was there anything that you uh, were surprised wasn't mentioned or were surprised by? I mean, overall, any other things left to say about this? Actually, one one thing I got surprised was just looking at the list of what's going to be supported by iPad OS, and man, my old iPad is still on the list. Yeah, that is. I'm really shocked that they've been <laughs> updating it that long. Now it's the last one on the list, which probably means I won't get 16. But yeah, yeah, but it's still it's it's still surprising how how long Apple really does support some of their devices, even you know both in Mac OS and iOS and iPad OS. That they, you know there's devices that were sold six years ago, seven years ago that they still support. It tells you how good these chips are in them. I mean, that's the thing. And mm-hmm. I think with the iPads, it is, again, because of education. Yeah, School right. systems are not going to be able to buy these every two, three years. Right. So they have to have something in their arsenal that's going to last a good six or seven before a school department, again, is going to say, all right, let's right. reinvest. Yep. And I know with Mac OS, especially, that's a concern because, OK, fine, you don't want to support our machines. We can't afford the budget to replace them, but we can afford, you know, Chromebooks, you know, <laughs> Chromebooks. Yeah, Chromebook, Chromebooks or bulk licensing of Microsoft Windows. Right. Uh, right. That too. Yeah. You know, because they could get, you know, they could get bulk licensing of just, you know, Microsoft Pro, Windows Pro for what $50 a copy of even that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Under the volume licensing models. Right. I mean, so Apple knows that if, if they say, okay, your five-year-old MacBooks that you bought, we're not supporting them anymore. Well, that's fine. Microsoft is. Yeah. That's the, and that's the thing that, uh, that's the competition in education. I mean, mm-hmm. Apple does not want to lose mm-hmm. that, that again. All right. So I think that's enough to talk about the, these, the Apple event. That was a very interesting event. Let's see what's coming the rest of the fall. I think there's more to come, but that's it for now for that. So uh, we do, before we move on, want to take a moment to thank our patrons and make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Justin S., Austin B., Chad B., and Daniel S., and David P. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology in all the shows at StarQuest for our nonprofit mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Let's talk about our headlines. Now, this one just was just this week, and I had I said, we have to talk about this. This is a definitely a technology <laughs> topic. Uh, this company called Colossal, it's a new company, wants to recreate the woolly mammoth using DNA editing, gene editing technology and repopulate the frozen tundra of Siberia and to recreate the the uh, the grasslands of the tundra of the, of um, eons ago, which would they say would help uh, the climate change, and how many ways is this a bad idea? What could possibly yeah. go wrong? Someone should make a movie about this. <laughs> oh, they did, didn't no, they? That's right, they did. They did multiple. Yes. <laughs> So it's apparently they're not really bringing back actual woolly mammoths. They're making elephants and inserting woolly mammoth DNA. So basically creating a kind of Uh, new species with woolly mammoth traits. No, 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 no. This is all kinds of wrong. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, And then they're because it's a whole new species, essentially, they're going to do this. They're going to they're not going to 
uh, impregnate elephants. They're going to they're creating artificial wombs, which has not never been really done before, in order to and a, a elephant gestation is two years, so they have to mm. be able to sustain the 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 fetal mammoth for two years. Now they'll be raised without, you know, adults, right? Elephants are highly mm-hmm. social animals. They learn behavior from their mothers. In fact, they found that right. elephants who are raised orphans be, get really wild and crazy. And uh, so what will happen to these? Let's give them, give birth to them, create a herd, and then release them into the wild. What a great idea. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if there's anything, at least there, you know, be out in Siberia where there's nothing <laughs> and nobody. True. true. Right. But, <laughs> some, but somebody here has a God complex because yeah. they are fooling around. I mean, I understand from a DNA point of view, it would be nice to try this. You know, right. see if you can bring back a breed that could possibly have some significant contribution to what's going on right now. But I, I, I think somebody's got a God complex here. I just want to see if they can do it and not think about what the consequences could be right. of something like yep. this in the wild. Oh, yes, we can control it. Sure, until you can't. Right. What was the line about just because you could do it, you never thought about whether or not you should? Yes. Right. Speaking of a movie. Thank you, mm-hmm. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But it's it's there's a lot of concerns here, not just, you know, the concerns, you know, the immediate of with the actual elephant slash mammoth, something like a, an artificial womb is stuff that people have been wanting to do for humans for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, forget in, in vitro fertilization do um, where you would, you know, do the the embryonic transfer basically into a womb, into an artificial womb. And then the 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 mother quote unquote the one who donated the egg basically at this point can go off and live her life not have to worry about being pregnant and this child is raised by whoever whether by the mother later on or mm. by the government by whatever or organization i mean this coming dystopian, back to pick them up after they're born right yeah yeah, yeah. i mean just dystopian uh stories have started like this you know right. and, it, and it, that's then that's a very legitimate concern you know uh on a matter of faith and morals definitely you know there's a moral issue to a lot of these technologies intravitro fertilization you know mm-hmm. uh the the uh conceiving the embryo in the lab you know the test tube babies all that kind of stuff has been very you know been argued quite strongly on moral levels and this mm-hmm. just takes that to another step oh, yeah. and if they can, can perfect it for the elephant it really is not that big of a stretch to perfect it for humans right Okay. And I, that's when we have some real moral issues. Mm-hmm. I got I got two quick points. The first is at the end of the article, they talked about saving species now. I think that's where people should be really thinking and right. putting their mm-hmm. energy into some of the species that we still have. Can we try to save them? So use your for you know, whatever ideas you have for something like that. And two, don't judge me, but one of my soap opera lines right now has to do no judgment has to do with someone who was being a surrogate for someone Mm -hmm. else and it was all hunky-dory until of course in soap opera world she got kidnapped and then you know put in a room for three weeks and bonded with the child so now that she's given birth to the child giving the child back to the mother she's feeling very and in a, you know, very out of sorts and wanting, mm-hmm. you know, as because she's bonded with this child in danger. But then the, they took a turn with the sperm donor is also feeling the same <laughs> right. way. 
So yeah. when you play with stuff, nobody's ever shown that. They've always mm-hmm. shown the, okay, somebody's going to be a surrogate. Here's your child. Have fun. This is very different. So gestation and pregnancy is not just about a place to hold a baby. Mm-hmm. There are intangible elements yeah. to a mother carrying that child for the child's benefit. A child mm-hmm. who doesn't have the mother's around them, the, the mother's voice. The, mm-hmm. the, the, I mean, just there's so much that we don't know about what's going on that's the intangible benefits of pregnancy. This is just on the scientific, physiological yeah. level. Right. Then there's the spiritual eternal level of that of of that loving bond that is created there i i just yeah. it's all kinds of bad idea and there and you know it's funny that of course that of course the reason why the soap opera is doing it is this is something that has happened there have been lawsuits mm-hmm. about a a surrogate mother who technically even though she did not provide the sperm or the egg that child's still hers yes. right because she bear, she bore the child, and there have been lawsuits where the surrogate mother refused to give up the child, mm-hmm. and of course the the egg donor mother sued. Right, right. my egg, well, my womb, <laughs> you know, or or the or the mothers. Yes. Usually, it's one of those kind of cases. Right. But it's just like, yeah, this this this. There's a lot of real moral mm-hmm. issues here that ha- go a lot further than these woolly mammoths that are dealing with things. Talk about things that we're dealing with right now, morally, right. in our yep. culture. And so there's a lot of concern here with that. And that's why I say God got it right the first time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Funny, funny what happens when we think we play God. We just make a mockery of it. Yeah. Yep. We, we usually do it badly. So uh, our next headline uh, is uh, Zillow and other tech firms are in an arms race to buy up mm. American homes. Now, there's been a couple stories recently about these companies that are buying up and holding homes as investments they buy they're buying you know every house for sale in a market holding it uh renting it so that people can't buy a house they can only rent a house and this this is a little different companies like zillow and some others are they're buying the houses they're improving them a little bit putting some money into them and then selling them so it sounds like house flipping. They claim it's not flipping. That they're, they're it not, is house flipping. Right. It's flipping. They say they're making their money off of the uh, you know uh, various other financial tricks and gimmicks, but it's really kind of house flipping. So the the claim is the benefit to us to a house homeowners is they say that these i buyers they call them in ex, say they they in exchange for the money they offer convenience. You can quickly offer. Here's a price. You know, this is the price we're going to offer you instead of having to show your home and, you know, negotiate. It's it's a here's the price. Take it or leave it. This is what you'd like. And then you can pick your move out date, which is, you know, a nice deal. And then you can take that money that, you know, you have and go house hunting. Okay, so there's Mm -hmm. this. uh, It provides a little more certainty, a little less concern and uncertainty. Okay, what's the cost to the homeowner, the seller? Well, the companies claim, well, you know, we, the, you usually are, uh, we're, what is it? We're paying, they lose about 0.9, about 1% uh, of what they would get on the open market. Whereas independent reviews say it's somewhere around 13 to 15% when you include Ooh. all the costs, which Ooh. includes the, the the fee that they charge for doing it mm. this way. So you may be going to get about 13 to 15% less than you might get on the open market. Yeah, I was gonna say one percent. That I mean, that's 
you figure for a two hundred thousand dollar house, mm-hmm. that's two thousand dollars. You're not going to count that. You're not going right. to worry about that. Right. But if you're talking thirteen to fifteen percent on a two hundred thousand dollar house, well, that's twenty what, almost twenty five thousand twenty to thirty. Yeah, thirty. Yep. Up to $30,000 off that house. Now that's taken a ding. Right. And I'm sure there are people who would use this if they have to move quickly. Like, yep. say, they got yep. a job, they need to relocate, they need to, and, and they have disposable income to do that. But I, I mean, I've got a friend right now who's selling their home because they're going to move to Italy to, mm-hmm. for retirement. And they're doing it themselves. And with the market the way it is right now, They'll have a buyer within a week. Well, I'm sure mm-hmm. they will. It's just the way it yeah. is now. Zillow doing this now, it, it seems like you, so it's not the, a helpful thing. I don't. I wouldn't think. On the other hand, if you uh, if you have a house where you have equity of two hundred percent, which is not impossible. I mean, I have that right. much in my nah, house right I now. Too. Losing a couple, you know, ten to thirteen percent might be worth it, especially if. You need, you know, you would need to spend money to fix up your home Mm -hmm. to to really get top dollar for it anyway. So now the problem is the problem with house flipping in general, whether it's by big companies or or is uh, which is a problem I've run into is often the the improvements done in in between are lowest possible cost using the the, the Mm -hmm. cheapest contractor grade. Uh, materials and all this other stuff. And I'm, I've been dealing for the past dozen years with all of the cheap upgrades, all the cheap fixes that the house flipper mm-hmm. I bought it from, you, you know, did. And it's just a constant problem. So house flipping in general, I think is a problem. But the other thing that worries me is, is this, are we just, have we just created a new way to mess up financial markets, the economy and the housing industry or the housing market like we did in 2008? That well, worries me. There's a, there's a real concern, not just with Zillow and these other online house buyers, but like real estate agents and so on that are just big real estate companies mm-hmm. that are buying, and not agents, but the, the, the companies the investment. are yeah. buying as many houses as they can and then, you know, turning around and not even worrying about flipping them, just selling them right. or renting them. So now there are the housing market in many seasons, as I understand it, is non-existent. Yeah. And I'll tell there, you, there are not houses available to buy. And I'll relatively tell you, speaking. when come, when one comes on the market, even though there's a 200 percent markup, probably from when you bought it, you have to figure a couple of things. One, the person coming into your house is probably not going to even if you've upgraded it, it's probably not going to like your choices. Right. So they're going to want to redo it anyway. And two, yes, you've gotten all this money for your house, but now you have to go buy a house for the same price. Right. And yeah. you don't know if that's going to be a fixer upper or if it's going to what it's going to be or who's done anything, you know, cosmetics to it. So I yeah, it's it's a mess right now. But houses on my street, which are going for over half a million. Yeah. Are gut jobs. Oh, yeah. They, they, they haven't they haven't done anything since the 70s and they're right. selling for that price. I have a uh, a post-World War Two tract house on a slab, you know, the one of those developments that were built by the hundreds for, you mm-hmm. know, the, in the fifties yep. and my house, it's a, it's a technically four bedroom, but it's really three bedroom. And an, I, I use this office and hmm. it's a uh, one bed, you know, one bathroom. It's like, I think it's listing for 400,000 plus. This is in the Boston market. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. I bought mm-hmm. it for, I mean, that, that is a hundred something thousand plus from when I bought it before the big collapse in the, you know, the late right. uh, aughts. 
So it's like, it is crazy. And some of these companies in this article, both the investment style companies and these flipper companies, they're saying, yeah, we'll go into a market, we'll buy everything that's in our our range, like in our, so they're mm-hmm. not buying everything. They're not buying the real fixer uppers. They're not buying the real high end. They're going for the mid market is what they said. Right. And they'll buy everything in the mid market, which is really creates a problem for, you know, they say, oh, but we're turning it around. Yeah, uh, but you're turning it around. Mm-hmm. Turning around for whom and how much more, and that's the yeah. concern. Well, it's it's you know talking about the market. My brother, his wife live in the Seattle area, and they had they bought a house which at the time I thought they paid a lot of money, a half a million dollars for. It's one of those old. If you're familiar with the Sears Craftsman houses, oh, yeah. where literally you yes. ordered them from Sears yeah. and it came on the train, and it was a mod, it was modular before modular was cool. Mm. Well, it's three bedroom, two bath, two story. Not a big house, nice house. They've done some work to it and everything. They sold it for over a million dollars yeah. last year. There wow. are some crazy markets. That's the, And yeah. it, part of that was because it was a corner lot, but a lot of it was because the houses just aren't available. Right. And so you imagine, okay, my brother and his wife, they both have good paying jobs, but I mean, really good paying jobs, obviously, if they could afford a house like that. And they turn around and bought a house, I think a little more expensive than that, what they ended up buying. But you look at, the average person, you know, how many of the, the three of us, how many of us could afford a million dollar house? I oh, know right. I couldn't. No, I couldn't afford uh, the house I live in now that's on my salary no. as a priest. Yeah. That's, you know, and there's a, there's yeah. a lot of people that they don't make, you know, six figure incomes and have a wife that's making six figure incomes and be able to afford these kind of houses. And they're the ones that are having to be priced out to the, you know, the far boonies of the suburbs and things like that. Well, that's the thing is like, we're a one income family here and I would have to move further away from Boston to, to if I, if I sold this house, there's no way I could buy near me. You know, I can't afford what I, what I could afford then. And I live in a, in a town that was at the lower end of, I would have to move further away from the city or move to another part of the country, which, you know, given the the kind of job I have, that part of it isn't bad. Although all my family mm-hmm. is here and that's right. That's a concern. So that, I mean, this, this is a, there is a, a, more than a financial concern with this, this is a how do, do we want our society to work for people concern as well. All right, our last headline is about uh, a change in technology. Uh, say goodbye very soon, not not right, not tomorrow, but very soon. Mastercard announced that it will be phasing out the magnetic stripe on credit cards. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so I already have like a, a you know the Apple Card does not have a magnetic. Oh no, it does have a magnetic stripe. That doesn't have the numbers on it. Well, they phased out the the raised numbers a, a few mm-hmm. years ago, which is fine. Those are Most, a relic yeah. from the day of the old kachunk kachunk machines. <laughs> you remember those? I'm sure we all do. Uh, those of those of us on the panel anyway. And uh, they're going to get rid of the mag stripe and just move on to the chip readers future. Sure. Uh, so what do you think about this? Uh, I mean, uh, that's it sounds like, yes, the, you are you agree with this. Why do you think oh, yeah. it's a, a improvement? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very much a bigger fan. You know, in, in Europe actually has gotten away from the Stripe mm-hmm. years ago. Yep. They went to chip and pin years ago. I wish we would actually have gone to chip and pin instead yes. of just chip and signature like it is still. Right. But at least it's, you know, it's better. Um, you know, it's a lot of these chips. They also have the contactless. It's the same chip. So you can either stick it in like you're at the the, uh, gas station. You can either stick it in the machine and let it read off the chip or you can just tap the little reader on the pump and 
you go and it's it's just so much more convenient it's so much easier yeah you, you gotta one one habit i've gotten into is every time i pull out a credit card that's got the chip go ahead and wipe the little contact thing with your thumb real quick right just to get a little bit that little dirt or whatever that happened to be on there and i rarely have problems with it so i'm i'm all for getting rid of the swiper you know and one big concern with the swipe is it's a lot easier to steal a swipe than it is a chip yeah mm-hmm. read yes that's the thing is that the data on the magnetic stripe is very often uh not encoded so anyone can just steal the data yeah i cannot figure out which one of my cards i can actually tap or i actually have to swipe yeah and it gets annoying and i have most of them on my my apple pay Mm -hmm. so that's also annoying because it's like okay do you take the watch do you take don't take the watch do i need the card can we just go to one thing and don't walk away with my card Oh, I don't yeah. like you walking yeah. away with my card. Like in Europe, they bring a reader to the table and you can, right. you can mm-hmm. do it right there. That's the way it should be. And I've, I've seen places that do, especially with COVID, where they started yeah. doing that, where they would, you, you, they hand, they hold the reader out to you and you stick it in. Yeah. Yeah. I used, I, like you, Joanne, I use the Apple Pay for nearly everything these days. There, there are a few places left where I still have to, I think Home Depot or Lowe's, I still have to use a card. Yeah. Get with it, guys. Now. <laughs> Don't rejoice too quickly. The magnetic stripe will start to disappear in 2024 on MasterCard. In regions such as Europe, where chip cards are already widely used, banks in the U.S. will no longer be required to issue chip cards with a magnetic stripe starting in 2027. By 2029, no new MasterCard credit or debit cards will be issued with a magnetic stripe. So... Not so, so I may not see this in my lifetime. <laughs> oh, Joanne, God forbid! No, no, no. We we, we want, no, but I'll be retired by the time it happens. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but that's probably true. That's probably true. So, uh, farewell eventually to the magnetic strike. Okay. <laughs> so there was there's one lesson that is that old technology likes to hang on tooth and nail. It does. <laughs> it doesn't like to let go. Well, it- it is interesting that they're, they are hanging on with it for as long as they are. And I, I have a feeling, I hate to say it, is because of older generations that have gotten used to the swipe and they, they struggle with the chip. And I, I guess I don't see it, but it's, you know, it's it's something It's just like, OK, you stick the card in the slot. Yeah. No big deal. Right. And that should be easier for folks. But when when they don't, oh, our, our chip reader isn't working, you're going to have to swipe. You sit in there, you swipe. No, it didn't work. Could you try it again? Okay, I'm wasting time here. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Sitting yeah, here trying it. to get this card because the back of my card, because I've had it for four years, is disintegrating. Yeah. So please yeah. take them to me out of my misery. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. That's enough of our headlines. So let's move on to our picks of the week. And Father Corey, what's your pick this week? So, of course, you know, as we're talking about the Apple Watch, you know, talking about the health issues. Well, uh, that's something I, I have a, a love-hate relationship with. I love to hate uh, health issues, you know, <laughs> yeah. as far as weight is concerned. But I have been, you know, it's it's one thing I've gained a lot of weight and I lost weight in the past. I gained a lot of weight again. Well, as part of my insurance, our new insurance program, because, of course, every year it changes because there's different companies offering different deals. They uh, they sent a one of the smart scales. Oh, and wow. It's the Withing. Withings Body Smart Weight and BMI Digital Wi-Fi Digital Scale. And so this is a scale that it connects via Wi-Fi to their app and to their website. They've got a what they call it, Health Smart or so, Health Smart. something like that. Yep. Health Health Mate. Health Mate. Uh, that's right, Health Mate. Sorry. Anyways, yeah. Health Smart and Health Mate. So, anyways, they've got all these uh different apps and everything, but you step on the scale, it'll it you know reads the scale. It of course, like a lot of the the scales now, it'll tell you here's how much you weighed before and here's how much you've lost or gained. Um, 
this one's kind of cool. It'll show you what the weather is outside. Mm-hmm. So you get up in the morning, you check the scale. You can also see what the weather is. Um, it'll tell you your BMI index because you tell it how tall you are. So it gives you that, which BMI is a eh, scale for understanding your weight. Yeah. But it is it is an indicator. It does help yeah. to understand you know where you're at. It's not perfect, but it is it does help. But the nice thing is then you can go to their website, you can go to the app, and you can see your trends. You can see what's been going on, mm-hmm. you know, and and then it also will work with other apps. It'll work with Google Fit. I'm maybe I don't know if Apple will allow them because Apple doesn't like it does. OK, good. Yeah, so works, you can use it with the, the Apple, Apple Health, Health stuff. Yep. Yeah. So it goes right into that. Um, Weight Watchers, the Weight Watchers app supports it. A lot of the running apps, a lot of, you know, Lose so there's it, a couple others like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you can take uh, and. Every, when you weigh in, it logs right into those apps. So mm-hmm. it's, it's there. Uh, so it's great. If you are doing Weight Watchers, you got to do your, your weekly weigh-ins. There it goes. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, they're, they're great, at, great devices. And they've gone down a lot. You know, I remember oh, yeah. when they first came yeah. out, they were well over $100. The one that they sent me right now on Amazon is 60 bucks. So yeah. they've gone down quite a bit. That's the point now where I think a lot of people can consider it, you know, disposable income of, yeah, you can go get the $10 cheap scale from walmart that literally all it does is weigh you on, on a digital display and record what your last weight was but yeah this works better and it looks better too some of those scales look Ugly. bad yeah but <laughs> i've had one of these for a long time years like five six years maybe more than that even and uh, if you have a family and you have people of uh, varying weights, it can distinguish between the people. So it knows my weight. Mm-hmm. I obviously weigh a lot more than my wife does. It distinguishes among <laughs> the, even my kids who are pretty close in age. It can distinguish among them pretty well. And if it gets a weight that it doesn't know what to do with, it'll put it in the app and say, who was this? And then you can assign it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So it's good for families too. So definitely, uh, yeah, it's been, it's a, it's a great app. I, I step on it every morning and I keep, I see my trends and I'm going to, uh, no more sn- uh, after dinner snacking for you, fat boy. Uh, and, and, and by the way, that's, that's why I do it every week because yeah, <laughs> yeah I, know. I, uh, I, I have my routine and I just step on it every morning and it, it works looking for a new scale. So you yeah. just might've sold me on this one. Yeah. It's a good great. one. It, yeah. It really is nice. Yeah. And the price is good. It's much, yeah. it's much less than I paid, I think for mine years ago excellent joanne what's your pick well i probably have the most expensive one this week but (laughs) it is the new mac mini m1 um i was able to purchase one for my new job and i have to say i really like it 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 is as comparable this is by the way just to just to frame this i usually use my own computers at my job, but mm-hmm. I know that that is not really good for diocesan policy. It's, you're not supposed to be using personal computers. So, mm. but I can never get, I know, but yeah. you can never get one. Usually when you go, they give you a Windows, you know, running Windows 8 or something. And it's like, yeah, I can't. And it was, and it was the Walmart special two years ago, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. Right. Or somebody said, well, I just needed something, but I'm not using it now, so you can have it. But I was lucky enough to be able to purchase this. Now, what I did for them, though, was I did purchase a refurbished one. And people forget mm. that. They go to the Apple site. They see, oh, this is going to be six ninety nine, eight ninety nine. They have refurbished models. Right. Now, yep. buyer beware. The first one I got, the Bluetooth didn't work. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. That's, oh. that's rare, though. That, that is very yeah. rare. Yeah. And they also sent me the wrong configuration. Huh. So it ah. had to be a bad day at the Apple warehouse. Yeah. But 
I called them, immediately went back, immediately got the new one. And this, what I had gotten was, of course, they're all 8-core now, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I got the 16 in the RAM, only because yeah. I'm trying to future-proof things a little bit. But I do a lot of graphics and, and video stuff for work as well. Um, it's, it's really fast. I would say it is as fast, if not a little faster, than my MacBook Pro 16-inch i7. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. Okay, True. with the six cores. By all, by all uh, reports, and any yeah. M1 is going to be faster than N- any Intel Mac, apart from the right. Mac Pro. <laughs> so what I yep. was looking for was something comparable to what I have at home, and this fit the bill. Now, um, it only has a few ports on the back, which is the killer. It has the Thunder 2 uh, USB-Cs, Ethernet, HDMI, and two USB-As. I do have a switch. I do have a, a little um, box so I can put more in. But I will tell you this much. If you have a Samsung monitor, okay, because these mm-hmm. things are just the box. They're not the monitors. Yep. If you have a Samsung monitor, don't put it through anything. Put it directly into the computer HDMI port. Mm. Uh. It flickers. Uh-huh. And yeah. see, it wasn't the computer because when I had it home, I was put it on my HP monitor and it worked just fine. But the minute I put on the Samsung, it was like Flickr City. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing with these two port uh, Macs is you need mm-hmm. a, 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 a Thunderbolt dock mm-hmm. or hub. And that's uh, what I have. We should talk about that sometime uh, about those as a, as a separate yeah. thing, because those are very useful. I have one even on my iMac here. Oh, and, and these are the ones that plug in. Yeah, you're right. For, yep. the, for power, not just for, you know, Definitely. not just the ones you can get from Hyper. Right. So I'm telling yeah. you, it's going to do the job. And I got it for I, at the refurbished price of seven fifty nine. Yeah, but one hundred forty bucks off. So that's mm-hmm. a that's yep. a pretty good discount. Yeah. Now, when you go there, you never you, sometimes sometimes you're not going to find what you want in the refurb store. Right. You know, it, 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 yep. it sort of depends on what's there. Have but when wait. they sell refurbs. I always tell people like they put they're supposed to and barring your experience to win. But what they're supposed to do is they put them through all of the same checks that they do mm-hmm. brand new. In fact, in yep. some ways, a refurb is better, can be better because mm-hmm. they put them through checks that new ones don't get off the line. They get these back right. and then they they go, you know, by like a with a toothbrush through it, you know, mm-hmm. to make sure it's, it's top notch. And you can get Apple care for it. Yes. So now yep. I have a machine that's going, if anything happens to it for the next three years, Apple has to fix it. Well, and, that's, and one thing, too, is when we say refurb, this doesn't mean that this machine broke. Yeah. No. This could be somebody ordered a machine and the wrong one came in, right. like you were talking about the, one, the first one you got. Mm-hmm. And so they can't sell it new. No. Nope. Right. Or, you know, yeah. if some, or someone used it for, you know, a month and returned it. Well, they can't sell it new, so they go through, they put it through the refurb program, even if literally all it is is they wipe the hard drive, they, again, they do the tests, they mm-hmm. re-image the hard drive, and done. Yep. And be careful when you're in the refurbished Mac side, because you're looking for the silver Mac minis. Right. Not sure the gray ones. The gray ones are Intels. Make sure it says M1 and not Intel, because yep. exactly. you can yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised the M1s are starting to show up, but I suppose it's been a year now, it so. Has. Yep. That's why I waited. I tell you, I mean, I'm ready to upgrade my iMac, and if they don't come out with iMac soon, I might get one of these M1 Mac minis. But you'll need a dock. You'll definitely need a yeah. dock, Dom, because of what you do. And you that's need why that extra. 
that's why I'm being careful. I want to make sure that I get the right thing and that I don't have to upgrade. Like this the Mac I'm using now is is four years old and I don't want to upgrade again for another four years. So I want to make sure I get the latest and greatest to, to keep keep us going. So my pick of the week is uh, kind of goes along with the Apple announcements for the phone today. It's the Anchor Power Core 3 10K wireless battery pack charger, battery charger. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of hesitated there because it kind of does a little more. So it, it's basically a battery pack, just like you, you're used to. You can plug, you plug it in. It charges via USB-C. Uh, it's got USB ports. You can put a lightning cable on it. But it's also a Qi charger and a mag, a Qi charger and MagSafe charger. So it's got a Qi pad on top. You can put any Qi compatible phone or other device on it. And then if you have a one, an iPhone 12 or an iPhone 13, you it has the MagSafe, so you can magnetically attach it to the top, so it doesn't. Because that's the thing with a portable battery is it'll slide around, like in your pocket or whatever, as it's charging. Mm-hmm. This keeps it in place. The other thing that it does, which I kind of like, is is it can do pass through charging. So you can keep this on your desk, plugged in to a USB port, you know, or, or a wall ward or whatever, and use this as your desk charger for your phone. So you can put your phone right on it while it's sitting on the desk, and that's nice. where you're charging your phone. So it's a nice battery. It's uh, It has, uh, what was it? It's 10K, 10,000 milliamp hour, which is pretty good. That'll charge your phone. Like an iPhone will charge it a couple times before it needs to be recharged. And... Uh, what else? I think that's about it. I mean, it's it's a really nice phone. And, I mean, a nice uh, battery pack for 50 bucks. Uh, and it's Anchor, which is a good brand, and I always recommend. Hey, folks, Dom Bettinelli here with a note for you after we've done recording. I made a mistake in my pick of the week, in my description of it anyway. It does not support MagSafe, the Anchor PowerCore 3 10K wireless. It supports Qi charging, but not the MagSafe specific to Apple iPhones. That is a separate battery pack that I had been considering and i conflated the two in my mind when i was putting my pick of the week together so the one the pick of the week which is still a very good pick of the week and definitely recommend it still the power core 3 10k wireless that supports g charging and the pass-through charging and that's a great battery if you want something that supports magsafe for iphone 12 or 13 that would be the anchor power core magnetic 5k that's a different battery pack so i'll put the links to both picks both battery packs in the show notes and you can choose the one that fits for you. All right, and back to the show. Dom, will it do a watch? No, that's a different pick of the week that's going to be coming okay. up. I might do next week. Right. The, the, <laughs> trick with, the trick with the watch is mm-hmm. it needs trickle charging. That's, okay. That's something I, have, I always run into when I'm camping, and I need to mm. charge my watch overnight, and it will never charge on anything I've tried it on. So I contacted Anchor, and they let me know, I need a battery that supports trickle charging, and that'll be my pick probably next week. So make sure to good. check that out. Thanks for asking. That's a good question. So that should do it for us this time. What We'd love to hear from you on anything we've talked about, uh, you know, the Apple event or any of our headlines, or if you have questions, comments, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. So you can do that by contacting us at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. You can find links from our discussion and our picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com. Be sure to like each episode of Secrets of Tech on Facebook, retweet us at Twitter, where we're at SQPN, and leave comments in all those places. Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. And Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology. 
on StarQuest. 